2023 was a strong year and we went on a journey together and today we're just talking about journey continued. We're not a church which says, well, last year God did, did that and now that's over. This year we're going to, God builds upon, line upon line. You know, last year we had a few things that God was doing and we're not going to stop asking God to do those things. But we're going to now build upon with a focus that he's given us for this coming year. It was a strong year last year that left us in a wonderful place called House of Prayer. And we just stopped everything as a church and took 12 weeks or so just to talk about the house of prayer that God wants us to be, that God wants us to be a praying people. I want to say today that we're not moving on from that desire, that as we cross into this year, we're going to continue to talk about prayer. We're going to continue to talk about how we can be the praying people that God has called us to be. We're going to continue to talk about humbling ourselves to see God heal our land. But this year I've got another strong theme or layer and focus for Family Church. And it's one that again is very close to the heart of God, very close to the heart of Jesus. I believe that we're living in times where we can't be distracted by things that are nice or things that are good. But we've got to know that the things that we're investing our lives in are the purposes of God and the things that he's doing. So our theme this year really runs in line with the commission that Jesus gave to his church 2,000 years ago and it's still the commission of the church today. Our theme for 2024, and I'm sure a slide will come up behind me, is simply called Rooted. Rooted. Is it there? Bing. Well, it could be. We're going to talk about being rooted and our focus is on discipleship. So the theme for this year, not the next few months, the whole of this year, the next 11 months, is rooted. All of our messages, all of our um, programs, all of our effort is going to be put into this theme. But the focus of being rooted is simply the thought of discipleship. That this year, we're committed to being the disciples he called us to be and being disciple makers that he called us to be. You see, when you read the Great Commission, it doesn't say go and get people saved. It says go and get people turned into disciples. The reality is you have to take the footstep of conversion to walk the alleyway or the lane of discipleship. But so often, I think the church in our country has stopped when people lifted their hands and received the passport for eternity. We want to take the invitation of Jesus Christ seriously when he says that we're to be disciples, but we're also to be disciple makers the disciple makers he called us to be. Like prayer, this is something close to the heart of God. Here's a key verse, Matthew 28, 19. This is the Great Commission. I want you to hear it as if Jesus is saying it to you and to us today. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. So excited that we've got so many baptisms next week. I want us to have so many more baptisms each week. We've got to find places and times to do them. Because a baptism is an evidence and a testimony of a life that's been born again. Amen. It says, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. 
I believe that that's something that I call a blueprint call. And we're in a time where we need to focus on what really matters. Like I said, not just good, but great. When you look at the world today, we want to make a difference in the world as a church. We want to make a difference in the nation. And we want to make a difference in every location that God's placed us. Amen. That means that we're sitting there saying, God, we respond to this blueprint call. But we will be a people who go. We will be a people that reach for lost. We will be a people that disciple and grow people. We will be a people that empower and release people into ministry. It's a time when God's people need to be equipped and not just entertained. We've gone through seasons in the last couple of decades in church where a lot of emphasis was put on spiritual entertainment, where people were brought into rooms and entertained by good, God, good singers and good songs. We don't want to stay there. We want to say thank you, Lord, for our incredible band. Thank you for our incredible worship teams. But we don't want to sit in church and be entertained. We want to be a people who are grown for the purposes of God in our generation. We don't want to go on, on church on Sunday and say that's done for a week. We want to look in the mirror on Monday morning morning and say we are the church in the workplace this week I am the church in my community this week I am the church I'm not a person who goes to church I am the church I'm not here to be entertained have my ears tickled I'm here and I want to grow into everything that God's called me to be have we got any friends here good it's a time when we need to know that people know him but also that people that know him choose to deepen their relationships and get their roots down. That's why we've chose the simple theme, rooted. And I don't know if a graphic's been discovered yet or you'll see it online today. You'll see an image of a tree putting down its roots because that's what we're looking at for us and for you this year. We don't just want to be Christians that go to church. We want to be rooted in our faith. We want to find people that don't know Jesus and introduce them to the real Jesus. We want to challenge people who do know Jesus not to settle for a crowd experience called church, but also enjoy a personal relationship and walk with him where their lives are transformed. We want to encourage you this year to move from the layer that you've known with God to put down roots to a deeper layer. Come on, we've all got roots that we can put down in our faith and our walk with him. This year, let's agree that we're all going to set a target on deepening our roots and our walk with God. So what is a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? Disciple obviously is connected to the word discipline, not religious discipline, but a heart that's set on a destination a discipline. But when we look at the word discipline, it's interesting. But when you study the word disciple, it simply means to be a follower and to be a learner, not just an observer and an attendee. This year, we want to encourage people to move away from an observing, attending relationship with God. We all start that way into being somebody that's following him, that's got a hunger to learn of him. Remember, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, I'll give you rest. But then the next thing he says is learn of me, learn of me. We want to send out a signal this year that we are going to say, come to me, to every person that doesn't know Jesus in, our, in the sound of our voice. And we're going to say, learn of me, 
to every person that is a Christian that isn't growing in their faith and their walk with God like they should. Now, when we talk about discipleship, we talk about being a follower and a learner, not just an observer and an attendee. It's um, to be taught, it's to go deeper in your relationship and your knowledge of God. We really want to spend this year on this theme and this focus, helping each and every one of you to get deeper in your walk with him. I love the way that the Great Commission is put in the Amplified Version. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and to obey my words. This year we're putting a lot of focus on helping people to learn about him, believe in him, and walk in obedience to the things that he asks from a follower. Now, if you look at the Greek word, it simply means, the word disciple means to become a pupil, um, enroll as a scholar, to be instructed, to be taught. So that's what we're going to be focusing on this year. How can we learn more about him, not in a religious way, but in a way that transforms our lives, amen? This year, more than ever, we're calling people out of a crowd-type experience uh, with the Lord into a deeper more personal relationship with him the reality is we all start in a crowd relationship with God we come to a meeting we join a church there's normally a crowd experience to that which isn't wrong that's a brilliant beginning but the reality is that's where God wants you to begin he doesn't want you just to stay there but we should even if it's inch by inch be moving from something that's crowd-based in its nature to something that's personally based in its nature where we're waking up in the morning and we don't need anyone there to make us pray. We don't need anyone there to make us read our Bible or encourage us to live a kingdom life. It's something happening within us. Those are followers of Christ. Now, we want to um, help people to experience not just conversion, but an ever-deepening walk with Jesus. That's our agenda. It's not difficult It's what the Great Commission asks. One of the ways that I'm going to be terming this over the year is a simple statement. We choose the road of the fisherman, not the thief. Now, stay with me. If you know the book of Luke and and, and the Gospels, you'll know I'm speaking of two characters that are in the book of Luke. But they're two different experiences. I was uh, spending some time with the Lord a little while ago, and... um, I spend a lot of time with the Lord. I just want to re- reference this was a moment a few... I don't want to say ages ago when I spent time with the Lord. No, no, that's not what we're encouraging. In a specific moment when I was spending time with the Lord, <clears throat> I felt the Lord say to me, the thief and the fisherman. And I thought, that's an interesting statement. That sounds like a great book. Um, maybe that'll be the next book on discipleship. I don't know. But as I began to meditate that, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, what did they have in common? And I went, all right, interesting question, because I have these kind of conversations with God. We does, me and him. And I said, all right, the thief and the fisherman. All right, the thief, I know he was next to Jesus on the cross when he died. Moments before he died, he gave his life to Christ. But I know the fisherman was a man that knew Jesus, but it's a different storyline. I said, okay, what have they got in common? They were both in Israel around the same time as Jesus. They were both in and around Jerusalem. They've got that in common. 
And then all of a sudden I said, oh, they were both at the cross when Jesus died. Now it doesn't name Simon Peter, but it says, and some of his disciples were stood back. I believe he was there. Amen. They were both there at the cross when Jesus died. But this is the one that really struck my heart. And they both died on crosses. Do you know the thief on the cross died on a cross and Peter, the fisherman, died on a cross? It's not recorded in the Bible, but it is in, recorded in writings of the time that when they took Peter to the cross, he said, do not crucify me the same way as you crucified my Lord. And he demanded to be crucified upside down. To me, that demonstrates a person that says, I'm not the same man I was when I met him. He turned my life upside down. We have a choice. You see, the story of the thief and the fisherman, they're two different stories. They're two different types or experiences of Christianity that a believer can know. Number one, you've got the thief. He's on the cross. We know he's a thief. He deserves to be there. He's not denying that he should be there. He's saying, I did it. You caught me. This is a brutal death for a criminal. We don't know what he did, but we know that he deserved to be there. And in his last moments, Jesus is on the cross and he's got a thief to the left of him and a thief to the right of him. And the thief to the left of him starts mocking Jesus, starts mocking him, starts mocking him. All of a sudden, the thief to the right turns and says, shut your mouth. We deserve to be here. He's done nothing wrong. And in a moment, he turns to Jesus. This is the last breaths of his life. He turns to Jesus and he says to him, Remember me when you come into your paradise. In that moment, he acknowledged him as king and the king of a kingdom. And Jesus turns to him. I'm so glad it wasn't a Roman Catholic religious answer. It was a Jesus answer. He didn't say, sorry, Johnny, you didn't get chance to prove that your decision was true. You didn't get chance to um, pay, pay indulgences. Or, sorry, Johnny, you didn't, you've left it too late. No, Jesus turns to him and he says, today, this moment. Before the sun goes down, you will be in paradise with me. Isn't that awesome? How incredible for that thief. I love that experience, yet I don't want that road. But he closed his eyes and it says, and they went and they broke the legs. And when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. They killed that man. And when he closed his eyes, he'd been saved for minutes. And when he opened his eyes, like Jesus promised, he was that day in paradise with him. He must have felt like a turtle on a fence post. I don't know how I got here, but I love the view. I'm thankful for being here. But you see, he didn't get chance to be transformed. He didn't get chance to discover God's purposes for him on the earth. But the fisherman, he met Jesus and then spent the rest of his life walking with Jesus as a disciple, as a follower. When his time to die came, he said, I'm not the same man that I am when I met him. My life has been changed. I discovered my purpose for being. I realized who I am. I'm no longer a reed, I'm a rock. He was a different changed man. We want to champion and encourage the road of the fisherman this year. We love conversion, but we want to bring people into the next step which is to be a follower of Jesus. Now, disciples are learners. So we're all purposing this year that we're going to put our L plates back on the car of our life or the P plates if the L offends you, all right? Whichever, you pick whichever one. You see, 
In England, we understand when somebody's got an L plate on their car, it's a warning to other drivers, right? It is. Don't come too close. I've just passed my test. I will kill you. It's like, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And when you've got a P, it's like, don't come too close to me. I'm still learning. I want us this year to say, God, we put our L plates on. We put our P plates on. We say we choose to be learners. We don't want to be know-it-alls. We don't want to sit here and say, I've been saved for 500 years. I know everything. We want to say, God, we want to be the learners that you've called us to be. We're going to be taught. We're going to be pupils. So we're putting the L plates on our life. I'll talk about more of that in a couple of weeks. We're putting ourselves back in the classroom with a heart to learn. Like Sean said already, both of us have a couple of things in common. One was we didn't do that great at school. Um, I often think, imagine what I could have done if I tried. You know, to me, school was a social life. I didn't realise you were meant to learn. Um, when I left school, it was, it was kind of crazy. I didn't do good in school. Um, I didn't like the subjects. I don't know what it was what was going on. I just didn't do well. And I can remember leaving when I was 15. In those days, you left school at 15 and you got a job. I remember talking to my dad going, how about a year off? He said, how about a day off? I'll see you at work in two days' time. I went, all right. That's, that's, if you know my dad, that's the way dad is. And so I left school and I was working for dad two days later. But I remember when I left school, I thought I was so cool. I thought I was so cool. The headmaster was standing, looking at the window, watching people leave on their final day, 15 year old. So how did I leave? I lit a cigarette. <laughs> I've been watching too much James Dean or whoever's currently trendy in the who's who world. And I remember lighting this cigarette and I remember walking out the gates, <laughs> looking at him. And in the moment, I felt really cool. I look back now and I'm like, what an idiot. <laughs> they were there to teach you. They were there. They were there to help you learn. They were there to give you opportunities. So if I had that chance again, it would probably look very different. And the headmaster will probably forgive me. I don't know. Now, we're intentionally this year putting the L plates back on our lives. We want to be learners, Jesus. We don't want to be converts, we want to be followers. We don't want to be know-it-alls, we want to learn. We want to learn more about you. We want to learn about your kingdom. The moment you stop learning, you stop growing in God. That's the bottom line. We learn till we see him face to face, amen? We want, we want to get back in the classroom. And, you know, to me it feels like this year I'm getting back in the classroom. Where's Abraham's classroom on faith? I'm here, sitting in the front with my short trousers on. Teach me, Abraham. I want to learn. Where's David's classroom on worship? I'm here, I'm on time, teach, I want to learn this year, I want Family Church to have a heart to learn about God and learn about his ways and to get our roots down deep so that, yeah, the winds are going to blow around us but none of you are going to fall over because you're rooted. I can't stop what's happening in the world, I can't stop the storms around you but I can help you get your roots down so the storm may blow but your life will not fall over. Come on, we can't afford not to be disciples. We can't be crowd. Sing another song. I like that one. Didn't like the one before. Come on, it's time to get over all that junk and say, I'm going to be the worshipper. I'm going to be the learner. I'm pressing into God for me and my family. I'm running after. I choose not the road of the thief, even though that's a great road. I choose the road of a fisherman. I want to spend the rest of my life learning and knowing him. This is God's desire for your life. Do you know that? 
Let me give you a couple of verses. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. Um, see, I've harnessed in the preacher man there because I know I've got to stay on course because all our congregations are hearing the same thing. So we're back. It says in Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, conversion, continue to live your lives in him, discipleship. Let me say it again. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, like the thief on the cross, gift of salvation, conversion, doesn't stop there. Then it says, now continue to live your lives in him. That's the road of the fisherman. That's discipleship. Being rooted, there's our theme, and built up in him. Strengthening the faith as you were taught and being taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love it in Ephesians 3.17. It also speaks of us being rooted and grounded in love. Come on, this year, we want to be a people that love our worship, love our times together, love our connect groups, love our fellowship. We're not removing anything from the table. What we're saying is we're all going to purpose this year... I'm going to know him more than I've ever known him. I'm going to know the ways of his kingdom more than I've ever known them. So it says in Ephesians 3.17, rooted and grounded in love, knowing the full measurement of what he has given us. Isn't that awesome? Knowing the full, not the partial measurement, I know a bit. No, knowing the full measurement of what he did for us at the cross. This year we're going to be emphasising teaching and training more than normal And we're inviting people to step out of a crowd-like experience with Jesus, which is based in attendance, into a follower experience, where not only do you have great Sundays, but the rest of your week is hot too. What will this look like? Okay, ever so quickly, a couple of things we're going to be doing. We're going to be providing this year places of learning. Courses, modules, mentorship opportunities. We're going to be providing different um, teachings and modules on evangelism, discipleship, identity. We're going to stay committed to the Forge Bible School. We're believing for a whole bunch of you to sign up for next September. That we want, again, another 40 or 50 people coming through full-time Monday night Bible school. We're going to be putting on special modules like Soul Winner, providing mentorship relationships. We're going to be creating and celebrating a discipleship culture which is the norm is we're a people that want to learn more about him but the people that want to learn more about him aren't a freak fringe they're the norm it's actually strange if you don't want to learn more about him really why would you settle for that that kind of attitude you know what I mean we want to focus on Sunday on being deliberate and um, in some ways a little bit systematic Um, in unpacking some key things that we believe every believer should know, all right? There's certain truths that we believe every believer should know. And a couple of those, don't be put off by the names. Remember, I was a man who sold vegetables and wanted to do Elvis personations at night. That's who I am. And actually, when I found a subject I loved, which was Jesus, I actually did really well and became a doctor, don't you know? Maybe it was more about the subject matter. Please let me underline, I may be a doctor, but I don't do feet, all right? I do not do feet. Don't bring me your feet, all right? Keep your bunions to yourself there. Now, here's a couple of, we call them ologies. 
Um, but their doctrines or their fundamental things every believer should understand. Number one, we're going to be teaching this year Christology, where we look at the person, the nature, and the work of Jesus. That's important, that every person understands who Jesus is, his nature, and his work. We're going to also speak on something called soteriology, which is the study of salvation, knowing what happened when you got saved. At the end of this year, I want every one of you to know as you should who Jesus is. I want every one of you to know what happened in your salvation. We're also going to teach on, this is like we're going to be wearing white coats at this rate, won't we? Off to the class to learn pneumatology. That's not, that's not um, numbers. It's pneumatology is the study of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, our Pentecostal belief in that. And then the final one is eschatology, and that's not where we tie someone in ropes and they get out in five minutes. I just want to say that. that, that that's escapology. Eschatology is a biblical understanding of what the last days looks like. I think this is really important. That people know who Christ is, they know what happened when they were saved, they know the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but they also know what the Bible teaches about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at that through different lenses for those who believe in rapture, those who don't, but we're going to focus around the central truth. Jesus Christ is coming back again. And we want people to know what to expect what to look for, and why you don't need to be afraid. Come on, a lot of people don't teach end times because they think it scares people. The theme of Revelations isn't fear, it's Jesus. All right? It's Jesus. Jesus Christ, it's not a rumour, is coming back. There'll be no warning. Those who belong to him will be with him those who don't belong to him will be separated for all eternity that's fact so we're going to teach these things and that's exciting right we're also going to be having a lot of fun during the year talking about different subjects relating to all right why are we doing this there's always got to be a why behind our what we're doing this because as we established last year who remembers last year's theme one person that's amazing so glad I communicated that so powerfully who remembers last year's scene Kairos a God moment a God moment we still believe we're in a God moment and God is on the move in Portsmouth amen God is on the move we want to be moving with him amen and we know that he's promised a one day return we really believe this church I don't say flippantly, oh, Jesus is coming back one day. I look you in the eyes and I say, be ready. When I look at what's going on in Israel, when I look at what's going on in the world, all I can say to you as your pastor is, make sure you're packed. Get ready. No one knows the moment or the hour, but it's certain his return. Now, if I believe that, I have two responsibilities. Number one, to get as many people in the ark as I can. Right? If I believe he's coming back and there's going to be a judgment, stay focused on me. Circuit riders are on their way. Stay focused on me. If I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back and there's a throne, there's a judgment, there's a heaven, there's a hell, I've got to do everything I can to get everyone I know in the ark of salvation. But also I have a responsibility to get the bride ready for collection. 
We've got the bride of Christ here today. That's no, you know that's you, right? He's the bridegroom, you're the bride. So I feel a twofold responsibility. Get as many people into the ark as I can. Number two, get the bride ready for collection. How do we get the bride ready for collection? We choose the road of the fisherman, not the road of a convert alone. We say, God, I'm going to spend the rest of my days learning about you, running after you. I believe that'll be a year well spent. So that's what we're looking to do this year. And I really believe it could be our best year yet. Because as more people step into being a follower, all of a sudden our impact on the world changes. Suddenly I've got people going, put us out somewhere. We want to open a church. Send us somewhere. We want to, instead of, will anyone go? It all changes when we talk about disciples. Because disciples want to live for his purposes on the earth. We can't make you get involved. We can't make you sign up for anything. But I do want to speak to the heart of who you are today. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more than you've known or experienced. And it's one footstep away. And to those who are here today, maybe you're watching online. And you say, well, I've never received him. I've never had the thief on the cross moment. One prayer. One prayer changes everything. The thief on the cross didn't even know he was praying the prayer. And Jesus said, that'll do for me. You're in paradise. What was the prayer of the thief? You are the king of kings. You have a kingdom. You're innocent. You didn't deserve to die. The thief had worked that out for himself. We deserve to be here. He's innocent. The thief had worked out an innocent man was paying for the crime of the guilty. If you're watching today or you're here today and you say, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. One prayer. If you're watching online, one prayer. Can we pray this together at the end of this Vision Sunday? Just to make sure everybody has taken the first step. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. He paid for my sins and gives me the gift of salvation. Like the thief on the cross, I receive the gift of salvation and the assurance of eternal life that it brings. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Just mind, every eye's closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. If you're at home and you're watching online, you can lift your hand. It's not whether I see it, it's, it's him seeing it. As I count to three, if you're here today and you don't know if you belong to God, you shouldn't be living with a question mark. If you belong to God, there's an exclamation mark. You know you belong to him. When I count to three, if you don't know, and you prayed that prayer, I want you to lift your hand. One. Two. Three. Right now. Put your hand up nice and high if that's you responding. God bless you. I'll see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. 
takes courage, that does. Anybody else? You say, me too. I'm giving my life to Jesus right here, right now. Maybe you've been away from God and you say, I'm coming back. Can't be playing around anymore. Got to live for him. Father, I pray for this decision that's been made. Holy Spirit, that you would so fill this lady with your presence and your power that everything turns around. Like the fishermen, everything begins to change. Thank you that heaven rejoices over her life. And so do we. Well, church, the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless.